everyone. This is Ari Kapner, Hurting Here First Blogs Editor-in-Chief. We are here with episode three of our Good Listeners podcast presented by the good people at Hurting Here First. Today, the gang is talking about Baltimore's Moonrise Festival, now presented by Insomniac, obviously the biggest electronic event company in the country. And we're going to talk about how the festival has changed over the years, just give an in-depth discussion of, you know, how Moonrise 22 went down. Honestly, it was great. Uh, we also have an awesome interview with one of the rising stars in the underground bass world, Florette Lorette, conducted by Dan Warren, uh, our very own. And, you know, we're really excited to share that with you. If you're not hip to Florette Lorette and his music, after this interview, you better be. He is absolutely crushing it. He's collaborated with Zed's Dead. He's worked with their Dead Beats label. He's worked with Dead Mouse's Mousetrap label, Uzi's Quality Goods label, Bass Rush, Electric Hawk Records. This kid is absolutely crushing it. His production style is, is honestly just absurd. Uh, we had the pleasure of having him on our Cabin Fever Festival in 2020, a uh, live stream that benefited the Innocence Project, which is a organization that helps free wrongly convicted people. Uh, and he crushed his set then. Uh, this kid's got a huge future ahead of him. Uh, so we're excited to you know, help you learn more about you know, what he's got going on and what's next from him. So you know, without further ado, here's Good Listeners, episode three. Hello, and welcome to the Good Listeners Podcast. We're here today with Dan, Megan, myself, and Becca. We'll get started with a little roundup of the room. Dan, tell me where you're at today. Yeah, we're coming to you live from my bedroom in Baltimore, Maryland. It is hot today. I mean, it is just disgustingly hot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I went outside, uh, took a walk to Rite Aid, and my shoes were basically melting on the asphalt. It's that bad. Well, I was in Baltimore myself this weekend. It was definitely pretty damn warm. Meg, what's up with you? Oh, man, just busy day. But, you know, it's good to be busy and good to have lots of stuff going on. It is uh, also hot in the Sacramento Valley. But, uh, you know, with the exception of probably the humidity that you all are having to deal with out there. So, uh yeah, finally uh, COVID-free and ready to party. Just kidding. But, you know, got uh, got some some concert plans. This weekend is going to be uh, that Truth and Super Task show I was I mentioned last time. And we also got a uh, Heard It Here First uh, me, Chef Boyar Beats on the lineup. And uh, uh, who else? Distinct Motive and Odin. So it's going to be a real good time. I cannot wait. That is oh, that sounds pretty dope. Stacked, yeah. yeah. Glad you got something coming up that you can uh, hang your hat on there. Yeah, uh, in exactly. a couple of weeks, I think I'm gonna hit Elements Festival with Ari. I gotta <sighs> I gotta work it out with uh, with my schedule, but we're gonna go and do some press work there. Talk to some Electric Hawk folks, and well, that's uh, what we can get done. We have an interview planned with an artist that we uh, I'm really excited to talk about later. But um, there's that pretty good, pretty big stuff coming up. And this past weekend, I spent a day at Moonrise Festival, 
in mm. Dan Stomping Grounds, Baltimore. Uh, this, this was my fifth moonrise. I've been going every year since 2016. Uh, this year, I just did one day. And I, I had a pretty good time. You know, I got to go and, and see some friends all around the venue. The lineup was fantastic. I got to see all sorts of great tunes. And this was Insomniac's first year hosting the festival. Last year was going to be their first year, but they ended up canceling it um, for some COVID restrictions. Just couldn't quite swing it all together uh, in the time they had. Uh, and this year they went ahead, instead of doing the three days they planned for last year, they went back to two days. And um, it was a pretty fun experience. Really, really enjoyed being there again. It's it was it been three years, I think. So it it was nice to get back and kind of walk around and see some friends who I hadn't seen in a bit. Um, I'm I curious. Do you the think changes uh... in, in the setup was was big? So yeah. In the past, they've had four stages and they've all faced one direction. And this year, they put three stages. They turned the tent sideways, uh, and they actually went with theme of the festival, which was a big first for them. They actually went ahead and made it all space-like. There was moon stuff on the stages and, and one of the, sta- the lunar stage had the phases of the moon stellar stage. Like they actually put some detail into it, make it look like, you know, a sun. And then the tent just felt more like a spaceship. So definitely cool. was impressed with the stage building was impressed with the, the initiative they took to actually go with the theme. They hung up a few things around that made it seem a little bit more like space. That was pretty cool. I think it was a good step right. in the right direction. But um, a good theme. Well, it wasn't quite Sound Haven, I don't think. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit about the stages that we, that we spoke about last week. I mean, same, same, but different, right? Like kind of like that outer space theme. Uh, the main stage at Sound Haven was literally a UFO. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... I what I really like, like you said, I really like that one stage at Moonrise, uh, with like the different uh, phases of the moon. I thought that was, that was so. That cool. was the lunar stage, yeah. And like, Meg, the, have you seen any pictures or anything from Moonrise yet? I did. Um, I uh, I spent some time. I'm on the ground control team um, for Insomniac, and so I work a couple festivals here and there. And I had some friends out there um, who. Uh, posted some videos on social media and that the moon, the main stage looks pretty cool. I totally like got that whole, I was, I'm not familiar with this festival really pre this year. So I can't speak to that, but um, uh, I mean, the stage looks cool and it sounded very loud from everything I heard on social media. <laughs> I don't think that being loud was a problem for them this year at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> they definitely yeah. were loud. Um, I think Moonrise is too big for the venue it's in is my biggest thing because there's so many people and they have such great acts that come through. And I think they all need a little bit more space. So I don't know how the best way to do that is, but I think they're too big for Pimlico. I've been saying it for like like four years now since like 2018. I went and I was just like, it's there's too many good acts. There's too many good stages. There's too many people like we need something bigger. But I I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Like, like you, I've, well, not this year, but I, my first moonrise was also 2016 and, you know, did went each year after that. And I totally agree. Just it's, it's so big. And like, just the whole, like getting out after oh moonrise, I the think logistics it's just of always, getting out. We're, we're just, as I, I was, I was reading some things like in the Facebook group over the weekend where like people didn't get out Pimlico until like 2 a.m. Which is if that you are familiar, if you are familiar with that area, 
not the best place to be at two in the morning. Yeah, I guess I guess you live in Baltimore, so you uh, are quite familiar. There, there's like, it's like the the, I want to say like the this more southern. I, I'm trying to like visualize Pimlico's map like in my head right now, but well, so basically there, 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 there's one off, yeah yeah there's like one, one way the road. <laughs> yeah, there's like one side that's like, do not cross this road at all. But then like the other side of Pimlico is like you're you're fine. Like it it's like night and day. It's it's so weird. Yeah. So they try and direct it and uh, someone needs to step in and fix that if they're going to do it again. Um cuz the the exit is not like coming out into that road so everyone crosses the road where everyone every single car drives. So right. if you're trying to funnel every single person to the same spot it just doesn't work. It also does not help that there's one of the biggest hospitals in the city like right next to yes it's, it's about a half mile down the road where yeah. all the cars are growing so yeah definitely not good there were a couple ambulances that were trying to get through everything so definitely made it tough that. um, that's not good yeah definitely wasn't the best but on a happier note though who were some of your favorite acts so I I haven't been a big fan of him for a, for a while. I always thought it was kind of generic to a degree, but this was the first time I went and saw a stage that was like constructed for this artist's reasons, like to 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 show what he does best, to fit his visuals, to make his set look good. That was Tiesto. Um I was blown away by how good this set was cuz it it was just perfect for the stage. It was on the lunar stage, not the lunar, the stellar stage, and they utilized a lot of curved screens or or kind of gave the impression of curve screens and this then the wide screen was very good for what he had going on and it just felt like a good place to stand you know i was really really impressed with him and i would love to oh. go see him in a in a club that's kind of built for him now because i loved the the vibe that he set up there but I, was, I saw a little bit of everybody and i had a great day yeah i was gonna say like that stage kind of reminded me of like a mini like brooklyn mirage almost with like that curved screen yeah it gave the impression uh, of like a vegas club to me definitely definitely so that i i totally see how that could fit tiesto uh otherwise on that stage i also saw air to earth that mm. was i mean simply fantastic he did his sunset special set so it was a little bit different yeah. i guess I'd seen him a few weeks ago at Bonnaroo, but I saw him at midnight in the woods. So it was a little little different of a set, a little bit harder. This was yeah, a, like a very nice, clean set. It felt like big, grand transitions and, and lots of building. Um, so I, I really had fun with it. Um, you, have you guys seen any Progressive House recently this year at all? Uh, well, actually, yes. <laughs> it, it's kind of a funny story. We, uh, my My roommate and I actually ended up at the Audion after party on Sunday night at Baltimore Soundstage. Hmm. And and little did we know, so obviously like Audion was like one of my favorite artists in like 2015, 2016. So like SoundCloud hits. I, yes. I used yeah. to always bump Audion. So so we were we were like, yo, like this is like some nostalgia. Like let's go to the show. Little did we know that at literally right up the block at power plant, not even, you know, a hundred steps. There was quite arguably the most absurd B2B2B2B after party that involved Chami, Dom Dalla, Wax Motif, 
and Zed's dead. What? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, when I got home and opened up some of these Instagram stories, <laughs> my jaw just dropped. I was like, so you're telling me <laughs> that this just happened while we went to Audion, who, by the way, only played for like 35 minutes. I was like, this is this is highway robbery. And now we know never missing afters at power plant. Well, yeah, wow. that sounds crazy. I got to see about half of them, but Zed's dead. Let me tell you, they put on a set. Um, every time I see Zed's dead, like they, they mix in the hits, like those, those big ones collapse and all that. Sure. But every time it's different. They, they're just such great mixers. They, they put ring in so many different genres of music. They, I mean, they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff with the crowd. They utilize every part of the stage and then have such a great time doing it. Um, those guys, I mean, they know exactly what they're doing and they're so good at it. So I always oh, love totally. seeing them. Um, I saw they uh, some excision as well. What, what? I was just going to say, I saw that uh, Zed's Dead dropped a couple of uh, Tape B tracks. Who's a, a really? friend of the blog. Yes. Uh, one super cool. One, one was like the like his official like collapse remix that came out recently. That's what they that was. That particular remix was yep. fantastic. It was perfect for the set too because they, it was it was a much harder part of the set, so it slid in so easily. I mean, it was so great. And then uh, the other one was uh, like an unreleased like Kanye flip that he actually sent to Zed's Dead on that day and then they what? ended up and then they ended up playing it out which Hell yeah it's just crazy i'll have to think so back up? and figure out which one that was but i'm blinking on blinking which one it was that's cool though you love to see like big artists like that who are you know have the platform supporting and like shouting out and playing out some uh some you know smaller up and coming acts uh songs and stuff because you know that's what the whole <laughs> community is about Absolutely. Oh, can't tell me nothing. Ah, all right. I'll have to think about that. But all in all, wild set. Loved it. Uh, I saw a few minutes of Subtronics leading into that. I mean, it looked great on that moon stage and, and the sunset sure. was beautiful with it. Um, for that, I went to Air to Earth. For that, I saw some Lost Kings, which is like a little bit nostalgic for me because back in 2014, James Madison threw on this thing called Maddie Palooza. It was like a mini music festival they did on on the east side of campus. They brought in a stage, lights, the whole bit. And Lost Kings was one of the acts because one of the two had gone there. So that was a ton of fun just to kind of kind of throw me back a couple of years into that yeah. sort of mindset. It was fun to fun to see it all again. Um, awesome. A lot of the similar music. They really haven't changed their sound, and I like that. Uh, they're sticking with that. Um, that like real like high energy kind of club sound that that 2016 15 had um, yeah. levels and all that kind of stuff like they mixed that in there too it was nice to hear it so i really like what they're doing and hope they stick with it um before that i saw some great stuff in the tent some boogie t um Ooh. dirt monkey jansen and sub doctor and dion timmer uh lots of fun stuff going on there uh, it was nice to get in there and get down with some good dubstep, you know, and and the tent stage is pretty cool. It had a really high ceiling, so it wasn't too hot. Uh, had a good breeze coming through because of the angle. It felt like a wind tunnel almost, so it kept it nice and cool. Um, just a little bit of sound bleed from the from the set, the stellar stage. 
which was uh which was a bit much to handle at times but it did well to do what it does so really heard, impressive overall i heard that jansen sub doctor set was unbelievable like I, I was reading a lot in the group and that was like a lot of people's top sets from sunday yeah i mean jansen goes out there and kills it every time and i, I hadn't seen sub doctor before but i've been listening to sub doctor so it was nice to see them back to back on a stage and they look like they're having a blast. Um, they look like they're good friends outside of music too. So great to see artists like that come together and have fun. So that's awesome. Moonrise is one of those places that you can do that. I, I was just about to say like historically, like in the tent, there have been like some pretty wild B2Bs. Like remember one year there was like Dion Timmer back to back Sullivan King and like oh. not even like the first drop had not even happened yet. And Sullivan King literally like dislocated his shoulder or like throughout his shoulder, like <laughs> right before the first drop, because he was just like oh, so no. amped, like ready to I, go I was watching for that. Moonrise. I, I don't remember doing that to his shoulder, but I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, Moonrise is, is a blast. I, I miss the old tent, but I, I respect the new one. Definitely. Um, I mean, overall, tons of fun. I go back. I'd probably get VIP if I went, though, because it did feel like the VIP experience had a lot of space to be the VIP experience. So I think that's worth an extra 100 bucks for the day. Um, our editor-in-chief, Ari, was in there for the day, and he's he had a blast. So definitely with the way they set it up, you had easier access to all the stages. You had more room to hang out. Um, and a lot oh, had of like, shade, right? Facilities. Yes, they had shade. Plenty of shade. <laughs> which is not something that has ever been plentiful at Moonrise. Right. Hey, hey, Insomniac, if you're listening, maybe some more shade. <laughs> more shade, please. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I don't, I've, I've been going to shows for quite a while and like, you know, I don't necessarily consider myself old, but like, man, I feel like, you know, like when I was first into the scene, it was like, yeah, get your ticket. No, VIP's not worth it. Now I'm like, oh man, like I can use some space some shade some room I wouldn't mind sitting down in something like a chair. i got a chair <laughs> yeah. my my back and legs would be very happy exactly yeah it does it does make the whole thing a little bit easier and moonrise is one of those things like you're gonna be on your feet the entire day so that's that's why i only go one day now it's because i'm just not ready to <laughs> that's fair you gotta, gotta is, pace yourself it is definitely a commitment it was much easier to do in 2016 when I was 19. So uh, much easier to do that. I feel you there. All right. And we are live here. Welcome once again to the Good Listeners Podcast. My name is Dan Warren uh, with Heard It Here First. And today we have a very special guest. It is uh, one of my favorite producers over the last few years. Really awesome guy. Uh, welcome to the pod, Florette Lorette. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks so much for having me. Really stoked. Of course. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good to have you on. And it's funny, like we were, we were kind of talking right before we uh, started recording about just like all the different uh, ways that we've heard people pronounce your name, you know, like for like Florit Lorit. And then I was telling you, like, I took eight years of French. Uh, and so for me, I was like, is it Florette Lorette? But no, I like the way it is. It's Florette Lorette. 
Yeah, it's just a little fun run of my last name, which is like Loretta Mola. So I just kind of mixed it with my first name, Fernando. So I just kind of had a run with like Florette Lorette, you know? That's awesome. And I, I don't know why, but like the name just like fits your sound really well. I don't know what it is. Like, I appreciate uh, that. I guess that, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's like kind of like that uh, outdoorsy, like organic y type of name. And I, I just feel like it uh, fits really well with the sound. And like, speaking of that, like, how, how would you categorize like your music or like your sound? Cause like, I feel like the range is so, uh expanding so like i'm, I'm yeah. curious i always have a hard time trying to describe like my style and sound it's like again changing and going through different jumping from different genres but still trying to keep that i guess like specific sound or uh style that i've been doing the best way i can describe it like it, it is bass music with some organic elements uh Everything I try to do is a bit melodic. Uh, sometimes it can be very chaotic too, but um, I guess the best way would be like melodic, organic bass music. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I know recently uh, I've been telling people uh, that Florette Lorette is uh, my brother in crunch. Dude, <laughs> so, dude is some of the awesome. Oh my God. Dude, some of the awesome, like that, uh, that, that Flume remix you put out recently, that was like, the one that I was showing people, I was like, oh, that's this a, is my brother in crunch right here. That, that's a that's a crunchy boy right there. Yeah, that was <laughs> oh, that was the that was the fastest song I ever made, too. It was weird. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. It, it took me like a week and just to get like the songwriting done and the sound design, but then like what really took a long time was just like the mix and artwork, just trying to figure out like what I wanted to do with it. But yeah, that was that was super fun to write too. Yeah, I mean, it, it turned out really cool. Um, and you know, once uh, once this goes live, we'll definitely be sure to to link to that one because blew me away. Um, and like speaking of that, like, so you said this is the fastest one that you've ever completed. Like, how like what's the typical time that it takes to uh, complete a track for you? It all depends. I mean this one like it, it took me like a week to write um when i first heard it and i was like i really want to do something uh unique to the tune and i felt inspired right then and there and luckily um i think when i heard it i was like at the airport somewhere <laughs> doing something i don't know but I, I remember just opening up like the doll and just like going to work with it um with everything else so it depends like i know i'm still like I'm trying to write more now. There are times where it's like I'm revisiting old projects that I haven't touched in like three years, and I'm still trying to work on it, trying to figure out what what it is I, and I want to do with it. And there are other tunes that like I can write, like you know the Flume remix, and where there's another one of the two where I wrote in like a whole week. But it it, it it comes and goes with each track, you know. I mean, sometimes you get the motivation right then and there, and you're able to complete it right out and flush out the whole idea. And sometimes you struggle with it. It's the ebb and flow of everything. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, you you mentioned Withered. And uh, I, I was I'm curious, like, what were your thoughts when you saw like uh, some videos from the most recent Liquid Stranger tour and that oh, dude, was being was dropped during the ma major back to back to back? Oh my, oh my God, it was nuts. Like, 
I remember like I, I sent my music over to Red Room where like I spoke with her recently, you know, like earlier this year. Um and I shared some of my my uh my stuff with her and she downloaded a few of the tunes and um she specifically really liked that one. But when I saw it in video with her opening like the back to back with her smokeland and liquid stranger it was super sick to see like the crowd react to it and like i i, I don't know i kind of i kind of felt um like weird in the sense that like oh i never had this happen to you before this is sick i don't know how i feel i'm excited but i'm like holy crap like this is so this is so sick to see you know just the typical just the general crowd react to the song absolutely yeah and like that is pretty cool because like they have no idea it's you until obviously it came out. Yeah. When I saw the video, I was like, holy shit, I need to like, <laughs> like I immediately like scream recorded and I show my parents. And I was like, look, look, look how cool this is. And then they were like, amazing. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> my dad gave me like a thumbs up. So it was, it was good. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. I mean, you've had like a really good, like steady, like cadence of releases this year. So like we, we covered like the, the Flume remix, Withered. Another one I really liked was Red-Eyed Lily. Oh, that was that was something I wrote this year too. I mean, that was at the beginning of the year and that took a bit of time, but I, uh, I started releasing in April and I'm trying to do like a, a, a track a month now. So up until like the end of the year. So hopefully that's awesome. Really going. Yeah, no, we're, we're definitely looking forward to, to hearing more um so let, let's talk about uh some of these recent festivals that uh you just played at like you had a pretty epic week uh like towards the end of july where you went from shambhala right into Soundhaven. so talk about like what what that week was all like oh, it was shambhala has been like a dream festival of mine for like since the beginning of this project ever since like back in like 2012 or 13 i was getting into electronic music I heard like the excision Shambhala set and I was like, cool. I, I thought Shambhala was like, at the time, like a, a series of mixes by him. But then I discovered like that same year, like it was a giant ass festival, check it all out. I'm like, this is super sick. I would love to like do something like this. I've been following it since. Um, and to play at the amp was such a wonderful experience. I, that, that, that whole day was like of traveling just to get to my set 30 minutes before. It was it was anxious for a bit and it was it was a lot but like as soon as i got in like all the anxiety went away i was just like in full control of everything i was so happy and like i felt like i was going like really slow with my set but it was super fast paced and i really enjoyed it that's awesome and uh for some of our listeners who might not know like what what is the amp is that that's like one of the stages there it's uh yeah it's one of the many stages there um it's the red and white tent that they have set up there gotcha so. okay that's awesome uh so you played shambhala epic time that that is honestly one of my bucket list festivals i definitely need to make it up there at some point Go, do it it's it, if i could do it all over again i would i mean that festival was like the scenery was beautiful driving up there like there was no dull moments and like that even though i was only there for like one day i wish i was there longer but like in terms of like you know traveling and stuff like mm -hmm. that i had to leave the next morning at 7 a.m so i basically like 
sped run the entire festival with like uh with, with player dave on a cube like carl and a few other people we were all just hanging out um fly as well the guy met up with the guys and we we just hung out most of the night and it was super fun but that's awesome doing the whole thing and like in like 12 hours just to leave the next morning at seven was it was a bit much <laughs> definitely you know i i feel like with festivals like those it's like always so nice to like meet like your your peers that like you share music with like over the internet but just like to have those moments in real life it must be so nice uh, it's 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 awesome i mean mostly like when it comes to like online relationships and like, you get to see these people like we I, I i met them back in like during during covid the covid era in 2020 and like we had like discord sessions we've hung out together on 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 stream and shit like that and that was super like it was super fun like there were times where like, we had like uh, a discord server where we all did like a secret santa gift and it was like such a wonderful like friendship between like all of us and when we got to meet each other in real life there was like no awkwardness or anything else like that like you typically see with like he when you meet someone online to me it was just kind of like oh yeah these are just my friends that i haven't seen in such a long time and there's no time that's passed yeah that's awesome and then you just like pick up the conversation right then and yeah. there in person that's awesome um so cool, like Shambhala sound like an amazing time. And then traveling down south to Tennessee for Soundhaven. Tell, yeah, tell me about that. Was, that. that was like, I went from Shambhala from Canada to Washington, where I flew out of, back to Florida. Went there, stayed home for a bit, flew out to Tennessee. Uh, and I was there the majority of the weekend at Soundhaven. And that was a sick festival too, I mean. The scenery in Tennessee was super nice, all green, lots of mountains, so so, so much cool shit. Um, ran into some good friends of mine, like uh, Vide and Inspector. I uh, got to meet uh, Dad Crow for the very first time. Ran into Raymond Skin as well, and Smokeland. Met them. They're again all good people. It was super fun to see everybody set and, and such. Um, yeah hot too we were i was dressed up for like the rain and everything else and like the very first day and like there was no rain at all so i'm sitting there in like pants and like um, like carrying a hoodie around sweating so so profusely so yeah it was but, it was a ridiculously hot time there oh yeah man uh, but it was fun like i i had a good set i had a good time um the heat really zapped everybody from what i saw and it i don't blame them they they were it was, it was, it was a hot weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, like incredible weekend, just like audio visual experience, like to the moon. And, but I agree, like it, it was so hot sometimes. <laughs> what, what did you think of, uh, what did you think of the guy that was on, um, on, what do you call it? The, oh, like trip line? Like, right across yeah. The, yeah. That was yeah, sick. The, the trip like, line up there. Oh my god! I I I'm sitting there mid set, mid transition. I see him just like balancing on the thing, and everyone's looking up, and I'm like, I'm looking up there too, like not even paying attention to what I'm doing. I'm like, this is sick. I kind of want to see what's happening. Like, and then I fuck up transition. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, but I, I I was so curious to like know like how like the bass was hitting that person up there, like trying to balance on like a bungee, like while all this like craziness is happening. It it was blowing my mind. Yeah, that was. That was awesome, honestly. So, <laughs> so so sick seeing so much talent in that little area too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was kind of crazy. Like you could 
like the the people were great i feel like you could literally find anything that you could think of at this festival like i remember seeing like a campsite that had a sign that said like three dollar lamb chops i'm like like what even is this place like (laughs) oh they had uh what was it it was like the spring rolls that they had like a philly steak philly cheesesteak spring roll I, I did you have that yet that was i, I don't was, think i've had that no that sounds that amazing. was delicious that that was one of I the think, uh, food vendors there yeah i had one of those i mean like i think i think you ran out to me and i was in line for that too i think that's what it was oh okay yeah where they had the uh, the breakfast burrito and everything else i mean they had the spring rolls that were just delicious uh, okay I, I remember which truck you're talking about yeah, they had some like the food in general was top notch as well. They just oh. did it so right at Soundhaven. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so yeah, I think we can close off here. Like, uh, are there any like upcoming projects that you're looking forward to getting out uh, later this year? Like, is there like singles or like any collabs? Well, I've been working on a few collabs with. Um... Well, Silva and BDOS, and I have a bunch of singles I'm going to be releasing uh, this year, one this month and one following that and so on and so forth. Um, I got some festivals I'm playing at and a few shows. I got Big Fam coming up in September. I have my first show in Denver, which is like my big like Denver debut. It's with uh, Bog Dog, Imanu, uh, Not Low, Nor The Boy. Uh, wow. It was it, it's a it's a fat lineup for sure. That, that's the one at uh Cervantes is that it? Uh, Cervantes at uh, the shift Thursday. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun one. That's like the first week of October, and then later in October I'll be in San Francisco with the Deadbeats crew. Oh, excellent! I yeah. always love those Deadbeat shows. Yeah, that, that'll be my <laughs> first time in San Francisco. I'm I'm so excited for those. That's awesome. Well, thank you again for uh, joining us on this uh, episode of the Good Listeners Podcast. Uh, any any uh, closing thoughts? Uh, no, but thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Of course. Of course, man. All right. All right well, we'll kick it back to the gang. Uh, but thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. All right. See you around. All right, and welcome back, everybody. Now we're going to kick into our write-up of the week, featuring our very own Megan Mahoney. And she's going to tell us all about the brand new Shade single, Dark Wing. Meg, kick it off to you. So, actually, Dark Wing was the single that, uh, the last single that preceded the new album. The album is called um, From a Vein, and... Um, is a colossal 14 tracks, which was such a treat. Oh my gosh. I like, you know, this album was just a beautiful exploration of of sound design and crazy synths and distortion. And oh my gosh, I mean, I could just rant about it for days and days and days. there's lots of cool, there's two features on this album. Um, they got a uh, collab with uh, The Gaslamp Killer and then a collab with uh, MCGQ on another track. Um, lots of like UK grime influences uh, woven in there and some kind of like hip hop style beats. 
Um, also, like, you know, the last track wraps up with, like, some freeform kind of uh, music. It's really, you know, just a huge journey through space and time and sound. Um, it's uh, one of the tracks, um, Exultia, um, was the song that Shade started off there deaf global set with which is available on youtube and i highly recommend checking that out it is absolutely killer i mean worth like sitting in your bedroom with some good speakers and a good pair of headphones and just losing yourself a little bit um i know that's what i did it was fantastic and uh, something that I learned, too, while doing a little bit of research for this article was that um, the artist who created the album art um, goes by, I think it's just new er, uh, letters, M-F-A-X-I-I. Um, he is a colorblind artist, um, and his medium is black and white ink on paper, and you can totally see that. It's kind of like a skeletal hand with some, like, chains and stuff around it. Um, really cool, very detailed, super meticulous, and kind of just really reflects the, like, griminess, unearthly, deep, dark kind of death, if you will, vibes of Shades and their whole project. So that was a really interesting thing. And um, he's done a lot of other album art as well. I highly recommend going to check out his portfolio because there's some really cool stuff in there. So yeah, but all in all, I mean, it was a awesome article to write. I learned a couple things and, you know, to dive headfirst into some of my favorite music. So love that here at Heard It Here First. That's awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, glad you got to write about some, some artists that you like. Um, I've seen Eprim a few times myself, and I, I love seeing Eprim. He has so much like fun with the creative sound design. I've never heard of Alex Perez before, so this was nice to kind of get the in the now. Yeah, Alex Perez is um, a huge name out of the UK. The uh, album was released on his label, 1985 Music. Um, they put on a lot of uh, kind of underground bass artists and then also have a heavy focus on drum and bass as well. Um, I believe Buddha's uh, recent, I want to say EP was released on there as well too. So, you know, they have a heavy focus in the UK, but are kind of taking on some more um, American sounds and influences and like the West Coast bass as well. So um, really cool name. Definitely keep an eye on 1985 music because everything they put out is just incredible, especially if you aren't super familiar with drum and bass and want to dip your toes in the water. That's a great place to start. Calling labels has been such a great way to open yourself up or open myself up to new music as opposed to just looking for artists that I like. Finding labels who then do that work for me is kind of nice because I can kind of get the idea <laughs> of what they're going to put out. And I know it's going to be quality because it's been vetted through some really good years. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, uh, you know, but before uh, we hopped on this, uh, Jimmy, you and I were talking about uh, staying up late. And uh, last night I actually did a deep dive on the 1985 soundcloud and nice. just so much good stuff like um you know all, all the alex perez dmb on there as well as uh th this guy monty i really like everything that monty has put out on uh 1985 and it's like all over the place too it's like some nice breakbeat stuff drum and bass um oh, yeah. you know like that just like you know the the rise in popularity of like that really grimy like 140 dubstep sound as well yeah. just really good stuff 
Yeah, it was such a treat. I went to uh, the Uns Festival in uh, Northern California this year, and 1985 Music did a stage takeover, which culminated in um, a shade set under the like blood moon eclipse. So it was like oh. this insane scenario. I mean, it couldn't have been a more perfect night for shades to play, but the whole stage takeover was so great. Um, gosh, I rem- wish I remembered all the names off the top of my head, but um, Saruto was one of them. He threw down, had an incredible set. Um, yeah, the whole evening. I mean, the whole festival was insane because it's just bass music heaven. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I feel like that under the blood moon would just like summon something from the underground that like just no one is prepared for and takes over everyone's soul, essentially. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> Always good when the music has such a huge effect outside of just hearing something good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's going to wrap us up for today. We thank everyone who's been a good listener and listened all the way through. Uh, we're kicking off to Ari for a little bit of an outro. He's going to talk a little bit about Meg and what she's done for the podcast or for the blog as a whole. And then we're going to sign off. But thank you guys again. Oh, yeah. See you guys next time. Take care. Thanks so much again for joining us on episode three of the Good Listeners podcast, presented by your friends at Hurdy Here First. The gang had so much fun recapping Moonrise Festival, DMV staple festival that took place in Baltimore in early August. Huge shout out to Meg for her great recap of the most recent Shades album that came out earlier this summer. She wrote a great review for the album, so make sure to go check that out on her to hear first top blog. Finally, huge, huge shout out to Florette Lorette and his team for the past week, not only for having him on the podcast, but also on our Instagram for an awesome story takeover. You can listen to his brand new track, Mango Madness, down in the description below. It's an awesome track. Make sure you're showing him love on social medias. Make sure you're showing us love on social medias. Again, the only way we grow is by you telling your friend about Her to Hear First, telling your friend about Good Listeners. So make sure to support both HIHF and Good Listeners on social media. Again, Thank you to Florette Lorette for that great conversation. And as always, thank you so much for spending the last hour with us. And thank you so much for being a good listener. We'll see you next time.